Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 118 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, my friend? We doing tired. A uh, long weekend down in Lauderdale, but uh, all worth it. Had an absolute blast. Uh, yeah, brain cells are non-existent today. Skin cells got a little bit of color, though. Looking a oh, toasty. always, man. You know me. I mean, you've seen me in the summer. I mean, once it starts to get nice out, the uh, the Mediterranean skin definitely comes out. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel up in Wisco. What's going on, buddy? Is this thing on? <laughs> What's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nick is Nick. I don't think Nick can look at a beer. No cartoon beer today, huh? No cartoon beer today. Sheesh, cartoon Pedialyte, probably. Yeah, Uh, guys, I'm I'm gonna be honest. He's got the full mug full Pedialyte. Guys, I took Pedialyte to work and put it in my coffee mug on Monday morning. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Yeah, but today's Tuesday. You're still feeling it. I'm still exhausted. Like a, Mac, like a 48 yeah. hour hangover. Well, because I probably got like six and a half hours of sleep the whole time I was there. So, hey, Nick, you got to remember, young Mac over here, he hasn't hit the quarter century mark yeah. yet. It all changes um, after oh, that. Oh, don't I'm, worry. I'm pushing it. I'm 24th yeah. birthday is uh, pretty soon. So. Once you get to the point where the hangovers are like two days, it's just oh, the worst. Yeah, it's I, I I did not drink nearly as much as Nick. I can guarantee that on Saturday, and I was still feeling it on Monday. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, not fun these days, that, but rough stuff. Hey man, it happens. But uh, we're gonna get into the episode here. But before we do, just want to remind you guys to check out the merch on our store, EmptyBetters.com. Click on the tab shop. Uh, that collection is gonna be down, measured in days, weeks probably the next two weeks if we had to guess so go get your items while you can everything's going to be removed from the store and we're going to have our new collection dropping in a couple weeks here real excited to show you guys that um reminder all three of us sharp rank top 10 in the nhl leaderboards they just published that again so it's good to still be in the top 10 we're the only media outlet news source podcast brand whatever you want to say that has all three in the top 10 so insane asylum insane asylum that's probably an accurate one um, but we are top 10 on sharp ranks. So just, in, you know, keep the good times rolling over here, especially as we wind down to playoff time. Um, bad beat of the week. Nick, was this your find? Correct. So I wanted to bring up uh, bad beats of the week. Everyone loves to hear a good bad betting loss story. This one actually comes from my girlfriend's brother-in-law, who was my roommate uh, for these four days in Fort Lauderdale. Shout it always out, makes you feel a little bit better about your own bad beats, too. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I'm not losing here. Yeah. So prior to the trip, you know, everyone's getting going. We're we're talking room stuff with like our group of guys. Everyone's talking about, you know, March Madness and stuff. And he had an 11 team basketball parlay. Some was March Madness, some was NIT. Um, and he went 10 out of 11 and Notre oh. Dame fucked him. <laughs> oh wow. my God. That's and brutal. the kicker is the value was a plus. Two hundred eight thousand eight hundred and sixty-four. <laughs> what did he put ten bucks on to win? Literally like two hundred eight thousand. Literally something like that. Wow, that's crazy. 
I would have flipped. Yeah, that's that's a bad, bad. That's bad beat of the century. I, think. I mean, it I've had be. ones before where where it's like I think my probably the closest thing to that that I've ever had is like when I first got into it and was like, oh, you can parlay stuff, and it's like. I, the one I remember that comes to mind is I think I had like a, I think our book has a limit of like eight teams that you can mm-hmm. parlay or something. And I want to say I had an eight teamer. It was like mostly NHL, maybe a couple NBA games or MLB games in there. Went seven for eight. The Blackhawks ruined it for me. They were the last game of the night too. Like everything else had already hit and they went up two to nothing in the first period. And I was like, Oh, let's go. We're hitting. And then they like lost like four to two or something like that. Rough. Mine was actually at um, my worst beat ever was actually at uh, Harry's old Donnybrook apartment in uh, in Towson. Um, I came over to your spot with uh, our very first producer, Bryn, uh, one night and you, me and him and Mark hung out and slammed some beers and watched some college basketball. And it was like that stupid fucking Virginia Purdue game that ended up like going into overtime at the last second, which I hate both of those schools anyway. So. Yeah, uh, didn't help. I remember that actually. Now that you mention it, wow, throwback. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of any like horrible parlay bad beats I've had. I, I don't do a lot of parlays, as people know who listen. So not really my speed. But um, what are you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say the good thing about a bad beat on a parlay is you almost never lose much money at all. It's like okay, you lost your ten bucks, or you lost your fifteen or twenty bucks, or whatever you put on the parlay. Usually you're in the parlay because the payout is insane for a small wager. Whereas the real bad beats are like, you think there's a lock. It's like minus 400 and you take it anyway. And the team gets upset. And then you're like, why the hell did I take a minus 400? Good vibes only tonight, Mac. Come on. (laughs) Don't be, don't be giving us a little foreshadowing. You got to jinx yourself early so that, you know, you just, you're, you're ready for it. For those listening, we did publish our pick of the day today, Tuesday, March 29th. We got, Mac with the Minnesota wild cojones are on the table with a minus 300. I mean, that's going to tank my sharp rank score if we, if the wild lose. So we really need that one. Yeah. I feel you. Before we get officially rolling, I do want to mention our interview guest today, Barstool sports very own Mark pastor, AKA Turk. I good Twitter personality He's big on the uh, NHL gambling Twitter world. So we sat down with him for about, 20 to 25 minutes just to chat about, you know, how he got into sports betting and most importantly, the psychology that goes into making his picks. He's a big underdog better. He just won a huge uh, NHL underdog parlay last night, Sabres and Kraken. So he's been gambling for over 30 years. He knows his stuff. I promise you, if you listen to this interview, give if you're not big into sports betting, if you take 20 minutes and just listen to this, you will learn a lot. And if you want to get into it or you're just starting to get into it, you will also learn a lot. He's got a lot of good wisdom about, you know, making picks and finding value. So definitely appreciate him coming on and think it's worth the listen. Yeah, seriously. It's probably one of our shorter interviews, really like 25 minutes, but that's all it took. And like Harry said, even I feel like after those 25 minutes, I'm like, I definitely learned something. I definitely have a little bit of a different outlook just from that conversation. So good stuff. For sure. Thanks, I mean, thanks for him coming no on. No two people see it the same way. So, um, you know, and someone that's got his experience and, you know, follows it as closely as he, as he does, you can absolutely learn something. Yeah, I, again, thought it was a good conversation. That'll be in the middle of the episode after we uh, get through the news here. 
And just a reminder that this episode, per usual, is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of apparel from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Very important to be supporting the oyster restoration habitats. Is that a big outdoor oyster shuck at Lee's Pint and Shell over in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Got to give them a shout out. Probably my second favorite bar in Baltimore behind Don't Know Tavern, who we'll talk oh, about Oh, we'll get there. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, we're going to change it up this week. Nick is recovering. He's playing on injured reserve. We're going to let the fully healthy McCain Vogel take the lead here to drive the bus. He's the young, years. man. Get the young guys out there. Fully healthy. I don't know. I haven't been to the dock in a little while, but yeah, fingers crossed. So uh yeah let's jump into it first thing we always like to get some of the tougher news out of the way early this one's kind of tough senators owner eugene melnick died at age 62 uh just a couple days ago melnick had owned the team since 2003 and made one stanley cup final appearance in 07 uh also was on the verge of a second one back in what was that 2017 yeah double ot against the one goal away um against the penguins so yeah one of my best uh tv remote throws of all time (laughs) i was at a bar otherwise i probably would have thrown the uh remote as well but i lost my mind (laughs) i will say this is uh this is a tough one it it shocked me i was scrolling on twitter i I had no idea that he was even battling um an illness i don't think it was disclosed they said it was like an undisclosed illness if i'm not mistaken but um this is tough uh the first comment i saw on the original post i saw kind of spoke a lot of numbers on this situation he was not always the most popular guy but uh definitely tough to see him go i don't think uh anybody wanted that to happen it's definitely a bummer and our condolences go out however i think the senators now have a lot of decisions to make as far as their future they've got a lot of young guys on their team uh and that honestly whoever takes over that franchise they could really take it in any direction that's basically a you know whole world in your hands type situation so it'll be interesting to see how that franchise continues on for sure. I mean, it makes you think of the the Red Wings with Mr. Illich, and it makes you think of the Flyers with Mr. Snyder as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thoughts and prayers over to the Nelnick family in the Ottawa community. Definitely. Uh, all right, so back to the Evgeny Dadanov uh, info that we were dishing last week. We have some updates in that situation. So the trade has been voided. Uh, he did not get traded to Anaheim. He stayed in Vegas. Uh, he has five goals and three assists in his last four games with the Knights now. So I don't know what that's all about. (laughs) You think that a guy would really like lose some morale from almost being traded and then not being traded, but it basically has had the opposite effect. Maybe he's got something to prove now, but, uh, one of the reasons why daddy refused to go to any of the Cali teams is because of taxes apparently, which Loki makes a lot of sense. I remember hard to blame him. 
last week I remember kind of making fun of him being like, why would you have like Anaheim on your no trade clause? Like that's a beautiful place to live, which it is, but that's a good point. The taxes are your paycheck gets world. cut in half. Definitely. So I understand that also according to cap friendly um, after the trade got voided, Vegas had about four, basically about 400,000 in their LTI salary pool, which is really not anything in terms of like what you can do with that. Um, they reported that they would need to clear about 4 million, actually closer to 5 million to activate Alec Martinez. And they would need to clear about 9 million to activate Mark stone. Um, and granted there is a rule. Not a lot of people know about this, but there is a rule where you can still trade a player after the deadline. So technically they still do have the option of moving Dadanov to clear cap space. Uh, they just can't utilize whoever they get back. Uh, until the following season however after all that was reported uh, it was also reported that VGK placed Riley Smith on LTIR which cleared about five million for them so they're cooking some stuff up I don't know if they're done making moves yet it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for them however they are also maybe not even going to make the playoffs at this point that team is sinking fast and I love it this is a mess like yeah, this was definitely a mess. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more interesting scenarios. I, I don't know if this was mentioned. I think I rumored it last week, but it turns out to be true. I think the finger was pointed at Ottawa for who was at fault here. Apparently, they did not um, let Vegas know that he had a certain no move clause. And as a result of the GM meetings that just happened yesterday, there's now going to be an official log of all no movement clauses for players and contracts and such. So, um, you, you would have thought that would have been in place already, given the, it's the NHL. I mean, they're a right. billion dollar industry, but I guess not. It's also funny that P- after it happened, people were like, couldn't they have just checked cap friendly and like all this stuff? Cause like it seemed like it was low key public <laughs> knowledge because all that info was on there. Yeah. And then cap friendly comes out, says what they would need to do to clear space, and then they make a move. And then it's they, like they, maybe now they're checking cap friendly to find out how they can like solve the situation but also just to put this in perspective to you vegas currently sits in the second wild card spot they have 76 points and they have played 68 games the stars are right behind them with one less point and they've played four less games so yikes the jets and canucks aren't far behind either exactly and uh the predators are up four points on the knights for that other wild card spot and they've played two less games the knights too so it's yeah, it's not looking great for VGK fans, and I should put fans in quotation marks. <laughs> oh, come on, let them be. Sorry, Jesus. I hope my aunt isn't listening to this episode. She's actually a Vegas night diehard. Yeah, or my so. uncle. Damn, anyway, moving Can you on. Be a diehard if it's only been three years. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever to that whole franchise. Uh, moving on other news, at least one general manager in the NHL has requested that there be a discussion on closing the LTIR loophole. Finally, I hope other guys get behind this. I would love to see that shit shut down. I think it's stupid. Uh, and I think it would just be more interesting if you just, you're a little bit fucked if somebody's injured like that, this is going to turn into like, Cause I feel like the NHL knows that they would be like so screwed if they actually did something to keep like a good player out of the league for a decent amount of time. I'm wondering if what they're going to do is like what we do for fantasy hockey, where you have like one IR slot and then it's like, 
that person, you could put that person in that one, whatever you want to call it, like special LTIR and it won't Mm -hmm. count against your hit. Or maybe you get one long-term spot and one like week to two week spot or something like that. And then you can, you can maneuver between those two. But if there's a third guy, or if you have like three guys, LTIR, it's like, no go, you got to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see something like that implemented for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they sort it out. But uh, if we move on to the Battle of Alberta here, which we actually just had this past week, Mac, I know you cranked away at uh, some stats over here that you wanted to share with the listeners. Yeah, I saw a couple of interesting ones with this one. So for anyone who didn't catch the game, the game ended 9-5, to five, Flames victory, which is a pretty wild score for the NHL. Um, but here's a little bit of battle of Alberta history for you. The record for combined goals in a battle of Alberta game. And for those who don't know, um, that's Calgary versus Edmonton is the battle of Alberta, uh, record for combined goals, which is in Canada. Yeah, there you go. Record for combined goals in a battle of Alberta game is 15. It was done twice in the same year on January 3rd and February 3rd of 1984. Uh, and like we said, this past week's game ended up with just one less goal with that than that 14. Um, so pretty close. And another little stat from the battle of Alberta, there are five or yeah. How am I, how am I reading this flames players with a five assist game in the battle of Alberta? There are four of them in history. Now, Gary Suter in 1986, and he actually had six assists in that game. Uh, Sergei Makarov, February 25th of 1990, he had five. Gary Suter again in 1990 had five. And then our current NHLer, Johnny Hockey, had five assists the other night. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Good company. There. Yeah. Dude, he's balling out right now. He, he is, is playing his, he's playing out of his mind. He's third in the league in points. I mean, his flame team is so fun. They you are would think fun. he's going to start getting some heart trophy like talk uh, i mean he's been playing so well all year long that top line has been money for the flames like i just said third in the league in scoring only behind the two right across the province um you know mcdavid and dry i think province is the term right someone correct, correct. Me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. thank you sir i appreciate it uh but yeah the flames look really good johnny gaudreau i think should start getting some heart nomination if you want my honest opinion Would love to see it. Moving on, the uh, Ducks, after a few rumors earlier in the year and maybe even last year about Getzlav possibly being moved, uh, GM Pat Verbeek has come out and said that Ryan Getzlav will remain with Anaheim until he retires. Um, I think that's, you know, that's to be expected at this point. He's getting older. He's the kind of guy that seems like, why move him? He's not really going to add too much to another team. I think he still has value in Anaheim, especially with the direction that that team is trending in. He could definitely provide some leadership and some uh, some coaching and mentorship to some of the younger guys coming through that room in the next year or two. For sure. I think, uh, you know, I mean, he won a cup there, started out there. Good for him. Been the captain for over 10 years. I, You know, I think I think the exact quote was like, if he doesn't want to leave, we're not going to make him leave. Um, yeah. Right. So I think that's fair. Yo, yeah. yo, at that point, he kind of, they brought... basically said it's up to him. They were like, unless he comes to us and says he'd like to go somewhere, he's just going to be here until he decides to retire, which. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a very fair, uh, fair thing to do by the organization. How many Definitely. more years do you think? 
Well, I don't know off the top. Is is this the end of his contract this year? I think it might be. I'm not sure. Uh, without looking at any contract or anything, I think he, I think he might have one to two more years. Either way, think- he's he's 36. I think he could play another year or two if he wants to. Yeah. I think any more than two would be asking a lot. Probably. Yeah, not the fastest guy, obviously. Big body, net front presence at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually lighting it up when – uh, the Ducks were doing well at the start of the year, but they've obviously fallen off a cliff here recently. Oh, boy, so. have they. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Jake DeBrusque, despite signing a recent extension, still wants out of Boston. His uh, request to be traded has not changed. Um, also moving on, <laughs> this is a funny one that made me laugh earlier. Veteran goalie Craig Anderson uh, said that he was willing to be traded to the Florida <laughs> Panthers uh before the deadline but he said that he is also happy to stay in buffalo and i just want to say craig blink twice if you're being threatened or something (laughs) why would you be happy to stay in buffalo i uh, here's the other thing it's funny enough that he was like yeah i'd be willing to be traded to florida guys what like 38 or something like that and like yeah that of no. course you'd be willing to be traded to a really good team in a beautiful part of the country. I like, would be willing <laughs> to be traded to Florida. I'm just yeah. saying. I just and want then, it to be known I'm willing to be traded to Florida. But exactly. he's saying all this after the deadline, and like I'm just picturing him saying this, and then he like turns and like he just sees like the Buffalo GM just staring at him, like holding a gun, or yeah, does a little like I'm gonna cut your head off motion, and he's just. But that being said, I am also thrilled to have to stay in Buffalo because this is a great place to play hockey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gets a little too warm down in Florida near the summer months. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm happy out I, here. Sure. Yeah, I love the cold. Yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, happy Gilmore's mom at the nursing home. With right. Exactly. <laughs> that is same energy. That's a great analogy. <laughs> you will go to sleep or I will put oh you to sleep. <laughs> Nick, how you guys feel all that one? All right, right, moving on to the Montreal dumpster fire slash fire sale. The Habs have officially been eliminated from the play from playoff contention. Tragic number has reached zero. Um, when was the last time? I don't know the answer to this. I just was wondering if anyone knows when was the last time that a team went from being in the cup final to then the following season being the first team to be eliminated from playoff contention. Oof. Or at least, like, what's the last team that we can remember that went from cup final to not making the playoffs the fo- the following year? There's been a few. Did it happen to San Jose, Harry, after the Penguins won? Because I feel like they started to get bad around then. It might have. Did it happen to Ottawa? Remember. I think it happened to Ottawa. After I think you might went, be right. After they went to one goal away from the cup final, like we were just talking about, I'm pretty sure they missed in 2018. Yeah, they, they yeah, but they didn't go to the fi- they didn't go to the finals though. True. Okay. Conference finals, but yeah. I think I I mean 2020 is such a weird year. However, you want to classify the bubble, I can't remember, but I think St. Louis might have not done hot. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Dallas? Um, did they no, they St. Louis did make it in because they played uh, the Canucks in that oh, like first round or something like that. Yeah. I'm also thinking. Did Dallas first... make it last year? After after. No. They didn't make it last year. They didn't make oh. the playoffs at all this past there year. There we go. After. Don't think so. Huh. I'm wow. also thinking uh, Oilers, 
Carolina the first year after the lockout in 05. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering because the Oilers traded Pronger, I think, after that to Anaheim mm-hmm. where he won they, it with the Ducks the yeah. next year. There's a there's a high chance they missed the following year, but I, I yeah. can't confirm off the that or they were like a first round exit or something. That's digging way too deep into the brain at this hour in the yeah. night. <laughs> Bring those uniforms back, the navy blue Oilers oh, ones, yeah. not those the one cool. with the stupid um oh the third jersey with the, just the with the oil semen on yeah. it, but like the um just <laughs> the, the navy semen. blue one was primo. I agree. Kind of looks like an oyster. It does. Anyway, point is the Habs suck, and how could you go from Cup final to this fucking terrible? I'm not sure, but it happens. So here's hoping that I don't really care about the Habs. Anyway, uh, more Habs info. They will try again to move Jeff Petrie this offseason. They also reportedly almost pulled the trigger on a Shea Weber deal at the deadline, but didn't end up happening. They will also try to test the waters with him again this offseason. Um, any thoughts there, boys? Pretty run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like it's still up in the air if he's even coming back. And That's what I was thinking. The less I can talk about the Montreal Canadiens, the better my <laughs> life will be. All right, so. fair enough. Then we'll move on to somebody way more interesting. The Arizona Coyotes have also <laughs> now been eliminated from playoff contention. Tragic number has reached zero. Uh, they're the second team to be eliminated and they might be followed pretty soon by New Jersey and Ottawa and lots of other teams uh, moving on, but Bill they get Daly. to go back to college. That's true. I'm excited for that. We're all excited for that. <laughs> back uh, Bill... to school. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> my lunch packed up my boots tied tight. <laughs> Don't start with the Billy Madison references. Oh, oh my I'll God. All night long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. We know how to get off the rails here, eh? All right. Back on bit. the rails. Bill Daly says that the next World Cup of Hockey in 2024 will not have a Team North America or a Team Europe. I have mixed feelings about this. And actually, I think a lot of hockey Twitter <laughs> has mixed feelings about it, too. You two both seemed excited about it, no? I am not. Team North America is like the at least the last one we got was probably the coolest hockey team ever put together, especially when you look at where those guys are now. I can um, see the argument for both. Cause it, it, I mean, it was kind of unfair that that was a thing. Also, a lot of people were saying like how this sucked. Imagine having to face your own country, which is like, yeah, like that part I guess of it's it. A like, little weird, sucks. But Harry, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I thought the North America thing was like a cool little flash in the pan. It was, it was, done at the right time but i agree I, I think it's cooler with like the countries like honestly mcdavid was good enough at that point he could play with canada we I, to be honest i'd rather see like you know mcdavid crosby mckinnon than a young stars team i personally am a fan of it uh but you know i can understand why some well, people would be a little upset. at this point you would see mcdavid crosby mckinnon but let's just pretend for a second that there was going to be a team NA who would end up being on that. Like who are the young stars from, from USA and Canada? I can't do Matt. That's two years from now. You're asking a lot. I guess that's fair. We don't Uh, know. Luke Luke Hughes, if he's not in the NHL by then. And I don't know, everyone playing Raymond, Raymond would be there. Cider Mm -hmm. would be. No, they wouldn't there. What? They wouldn't. Why not? One's German and one's Swedish. Oh, oh! This is North America, right? Yeah. Well, they'd be on oh, Team Europe enough. then, I guess, if they were doing that too. Like, yeah, that's yes. what I'm. That's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Well, uh, and Team Europe is usually typically like a collection of players the teams from teams that are not big enough to make their own. Exactly. Team. exactly. Yeah. 
That's fair. Well, either way, I'm excited that there's even going to be another World Cup of Hockey. I thought that was a home run. That was also my freshman year of college when that was going on, like very beginning, syllabus week. I skipped so many classes to watch those games. Yeah, I I, I think the World Cup of Hockey is definitely something that needs to happen on like a so, somewhat biannual. Is that the word? Biannual, triannual even. Yeah, so. yeah, every two, three. Give us something. In Offset the, the Winter Olympics with NHL players with the World yes. of like World Cup of Hockey by like every two years. That right. way, every two years we get at least one of them, and then we only have to do like two All Star games in between. And then that people get fair. less mad when the NHL inevitably pulls out of the Olympics because at least we had the World Cup. Exactly. All right, moving on. Jordan Spence became the first Australian-born player to score a goal in the NHL. Uh, we know what some of you are thinking. But what about Nathan Walker? Saw a lot of people saying that online. Don't forget, though, he was actually born in Wales. He grew up in Australia, but was not born there. So first Australian-born player to score a goal in the NHL. Congrats, Jordan Spence. Very cool. Your fun fact of the day. Uh, fellas, did you guys get a chance to check out the Toronto Maple Leafs reversible jerseys in collaboration with Drew? AKA sure Leafs? did. Yes. Yeah. Gotta hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> I mean, here's my thing. I actually really liked the black side of the jersey. I thought those were sharp. If they had just released a jersey that were like, hey, this is our like third jersey. They, it, wait, time out. Weren't they both black? Uh, yeah. I mean the maybe. black and blue or the black, yeah, and the yellow? black, the black and blue, I actually thought was a really cool Leafs Jersey. And I was like, yo, like that's a sweet third Jersey. The, the reversible thing doesn't work. Here's why. Number one, the NHL logo is gone on the other side. When you flip it to the yellow side, it's just not there. They can only put that on one side. So it looks kind of mm. weird. The biggest reason there's a fucking fight strap hanging off the back it's not really reversible it's like yeah there's another design on the other side but are you ever gonna wear that yellow side with the fucking you're gonna look like you got a piece of toilet paper stuck to your back or something like that with the fight strap hanging off of it and no nhl logo people are gonna be like what the fuck jersey is that like that or if i like see you at a bar wearing it i'm gonna snap you to someone else also, <laughs> let's be real. That yellow logo thing, that looks like if they made like a Super Mario Strikers hockey version. That looked like Super Mario Sunshine logo on a freaking hockey jersey. Like, why? Like, also, just no. the reversible <laughs> thing. No. How many did you buy? <laughs> oh, I bought one Matthews. I bought one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I mean, I. I didn't even think about the fighting strap thing, to be perfectly honest. That actually kind of ruins the entire Because you purpose. know how they, they flipped them when they went out to do the three stars of the night, like at the end of the game? They yeah. Um, and they were wearing the yellow side when they went out to, like, give their sticks to people in the crowd. And the fight straps are hanging off the back of the yeah, fucking jersey. That's a, that's a no-go. However, I think the blue side was really cool looking, especially it when was. they got in-game. I thought they looked sharp. I'm a yeah. big fan of that. I also um, think you could just take Tampa's logo and put it on there and it would look great as well. That's I, I was a big fan accurate. of when like Tampa had like black and blue in their uniform. Those who yeah. know me personally know that I'm the kind of guy that often wears black pants, black shirt, black hat. I'm, I'm a dark color scheme guy. So I'm all for more black jerseys in the NHL in general. I think it almost always looks sharp. Uh, but yeah, the whole reversible thing, just tacky and like, What's the word? Gimmicky. Bingo. There we go. You know what else is? Well, actually, it's not gimmicky, but 
Um, I could afford some more jerseys if Nick uh, pays up on his bet that he lost to me. I'm going to do that right now. Last week's episode. <laughs> uh, Nick, I know you've been all over the college hockey scene, but uh, do you want boy, Venmo cash app? What or, was it? Uh, Michigan else? was uh, the Michigan. Michigan to make the frozen four. I had them losing in the first game just because mm-hmm. I felt like stirring the pot. I mean, I liked the, that pick still. The, but. the bet was that Michigan wouldn't make the Frozen Four, and I mm. I thought there was a little too much Homer go green in that comment. For um, sure. Yeah. Just I because think, Michigan's just so dominant. But I mean, I liked the play from both of you. I liked the uh the fire What did we say? 20 energy. bucks? Yeah, but I'll make you I'll I'll double down on oh, you. Boy. How about this? I'm gonna bet that um Michigan wins the championship, and then you give me forty. And if they don't win the championship, I give you forty. Oh, I oh, really, 40. I really Let's think they're it. gonna win, but I'm no, gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. You want to take it? Okay, yeah, deal. I want Denver. Down. I I would be so fired up if Denver won that game again. So okay, let's talk about the Frozen Four. The semifinals are April seventh. Michigan plays Denver, and Minnesota Minnesota State plays Minnesota. So it's going to be a very Do not exciting sleep on Minnesota State, man. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting uh, Frozen Four. If you're uh, in the Boston area, definitely try to score tickets. I believe it's at TD Garden. Um, Definitely try to score tickets to that one. I got the chance to go to the Frozen Four back in uh, D.C. all those years ago when the Catamounts were there with uh, Ohio State. And uh, so the year BC won it with ham and cheese. I think. Okay. And um, God, I can't remember the third school. Maybe Union. Miami of Ohio or something okay. like that. What year was that? Like 2013 or something? Uh, 2012, maybe mm-hmm. something okay. like that. Somewhere anyway, in that. Anyway, good stuff. It's always super exciting to go see a college hockey game like that if you've never been to one. So, um, yeah. And then the championship will be April 9th. So, what are our official predictions for this? I'm saying, I think it'll be, it'll probably be a Michigan versus Minnesota State championship, but I would, which love- would be incredible. I would love to see the opposite. I would love to see Denver versus the Gophers. I think that would also be electric. That would be cool too. I mean, I, I would agree with Mac. I'd like to see that matchup, but now that I got skin in the game, you know, obviously I'm going to root for, for Michigan here, but um, yeah, yeah I know du- where you live. I'll, du- I'll double down on that. Yeah. You do know where I live. You also know where another person lives who lives with me. I think we need to uh, chat about a very serious matter here, Nicholas. I, I'll let you do this ad read. So I'm not going to do the ad read because this is suspension uh, or this is uh, ad read number two of his two ad read suspension. But uh, what in the world is going on with our sponsor, man? I mean, I, I am this at a loss for like, words. This is kind of like when, uh, when an NHL player gets suspended, then he appeals his suspension, goes to the in-person hearing and cusses out Brendan Shanahan at the in-person reading and tells him to go fuck himself. <laughs> Nick, why don't you fill in the listeners who might not have listened to last episode about what's going on here? So uh, last week, we suspended one of our sponsors, Yacht Lender, uh, for spending the entire Sunday at Don't Know Tavern uh, during March Madness and focusing on NASCAR. Uh, This week, he repeated the exact same thing. And did it even repeat offender. 
Yeah. He's a repeat offender and he spent more time there this time than last week. So now there's a pattern. And I mean, uh, EBDOPS is not going to like that. Can we please make a video that has like him in slow motion, like walking into the bar <laughs> in the like daylight and then like walking out of it? Oh, we'll just ask them back. for the security footage. And They'll we just do us. like a dub over that literally sounds like the Brendan Shanahan thing. That's like, oh, <laughs> at, at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's funny this shit. He's too much time at Don't Know Tavern. <laughs> he is now a repeat oh, offender. I think we gotta move on from this, but oh, yeah. Um, Yachtlander, we can't read that ad read this week. Sorry. We got we'll, we'll figure out um supplemental discipline next week for this week's cool. There's always sun there's always next Sunday to I don't know, do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, there's NASCAR on. He's um, gonna be uh in Richmond next Sunday, so uh he won't be at don't know so there we go well there's still other ways to get suspended in Richmond, very so true we'll see. yeah all righty well that's enough of the fun stuff but um actually we are going to toss it off to our interview with turk which is actually a lot of fun i'm really excited for you guys to listen to this so we're going to toss it off to turk right now and we are now pleased to introduce to the empty betters podcast we have mark pastor aka turk of co-host of the no head show affiliated with barstool sports we appreciate you coming on mark thank you very much hey guys thanks for having me no problem absolutely so uh like we ask all of our guests you're a little bit of a unique one you're probably the first i would say sharp that we've had on on the podcast so (laughs) um just kind of want to get a background on how you got into sports betting and that whole thing well, you know, it's probably a, a, a three-decade uh, role to get to where I am right now. Uh, lots of losses, a lot of learning along the way. But I do think I've gotten better, obviously, as I've gotten older and learned more about it. Uh, how I got into, you know, sports betting? Uh, well, it was just something that, uh, you know, as, as someone who liked to follow sports and you kind of want a little vested interest in it. That's how it started out. You know, a few bucks here, a few bucks there to just get started. And then uh, it becomes like, you know, you want to be right about something, right? It's like, and you want to be rewarded for it. Um, You know, I'm not looking to win a trophy or win a prize or anything like that to be, or claim to be the best in the world. But uh, it's just, it's something, you know, it's, you like the action, you know, that's really what it is. It's action. You like to be a part of it. Uh, been doing it, you know, for like three decades, but I've shot, I, I've, I've, I got involved with a group of guys and I kind of learned a lot about five years ago about how to read lines. And, uh, and I've also kind of then taken it into like doing a little more statistically looking at stats, looking at certain stats, figuring out which stats to look at, which are more predictive, which ones don't really mean much. Um, depending on the sport, it depends on how I look at the game. What would you say your, your favorite sport to bet on is? used to be NFL football, but I could tell you that it is not anymore. I actually don't like betting on the NFL anymore, probably because it's the one I do right now. I'm doing the worst in. I, I can't solve the NFL. Like it's gotten a lot harder. There used to be a lot of like trends. They used to be able to follow in the NFL, like late season divisional unders used to be a great hit. They suck now. You cannot hit, <laughs> but it's, it's impossible to hit an under in the NFL. You should get paid two to one if you hit an under in the NFL. It's impossible <laughs> to hit an under in the NFL. So there were a lot of little things about the NFL that used to ring true. But, you know, there was another one there. The first two weeks of the season in conference, first half unders used to be a solid play. You know, the books find out about things and they, they you know, they're not stupid either. They didn't build all those casinos on guessing. 
So they know these trends too, and they've they've changed a lot of those. So I would say right now, hockey definitely is my favorite sport. It's the most the one I'm doing the best at. Uh, last season, I think it was around 20 units. This year, I'm right around 30. Uh, I've had a tough, tough little month of March there. I was approaching 40. We kind of fell back, but now I'm tickling 30 again. So, uh, you know, 50 units combined the last two years in hockey. Uh, that's pretty good. I feel good about that. Yeah. Uh, I had a really good baseball season last year. Ended up only 20 units, but I was the same thing. was up around 40. Uh, and then around mid-August, I had a tough second half of August and September. But I learned from that last year. I, I will look at the games baseball differently uh, once we get after the first week of August next year. I'm not going to give all that back next year. Yeah, I mean, March is tough for hockey. You've got the trade deadline. Guys finally start to, you know, maybe those nagging injuries catch up with them. Everyone's gearing up for the playoffs. You have a lot of player movement. You just don't really know what's going on. So I'm finding the same exact thing. And if you kind of take a look at the, the games, just and I'm, just the games out there tonight before they uh, on Tuesday night, uh, you look at a bunch of games out there. You've got, uh, you know, Florida 390, Nashville 210, Minnesota 310. Uh, so you got two games tonight that are over 300 and you're seeing it a lot night in and night out. The, the spreads are getting wider and it's, you're right. It's those yeah. trade deadlines, the teams that, that, and you see this more in baseball too, more than 20 years ago, 20 years ago, this would be maybe a handful of deadline deals. Now there's what 30 of them, same thing, NHL deadline deals. You never heard of deadline deals in the NHL. There'd be a couple. <laughs> now it's the same thing as baseball teams are pulling guys all over the place. So teams get weaker in that second half. The spreads get wider, so you got to have the, the the guts to be able to take bad teams because the spreads are too they're too well. Like a Saturday night, I had the Montreal Canadiens against Toronto it was a double money payout, and we hit it. Uh, so you got to kind of have uh, you know Buffalo last night. Buffalo's playing Chicago, two shit teams, but you got to kind of have the guts this time of year to kind of back some of these teams that aren't playoff teams. They're not as good because the. The, the spread is too wide now. They're giving you too yeah. much. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. As the season's gone on, you know, you're starting to get, you know, puck lines that are like minus 140 when Tampa's playing, I don't know, Chicago. It's just absurd. Well, I think earlier this year we saw one of the, if not maybe the biggest spread in NHL when it was Colorado versus Arizona, I believe. And I want to say the Avs were like, like minus five something. I, I think they were higher. I think it was like was a 520 or something. I and, that line was enormous. Yeah. I'm pretty sure didn't Arizona win that game too, or they won one they, of the games at least in a yeah. shootout. They might not have won that one, but they have won. I, I've had a they, couple of Arizona yeah. hits. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And so, I mean, I would take a plus 300 before I would take a minus 500. And I, I actually wouldn't really take a minus 300 anybody either, just because. All right, yeah. So the minus three hundred, the three ninety tonight's Florida. They they they're probably going to win this game, but if they don't, you got to win four games to make up for that one you just lost. Right. Yeah. So it's, the, it's to me, the, it's either you play Montreal, you play nobody. In that game so just actually, trying to pick. I actually don't mind Montreal in that game tonight either, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, just to kind of pick your brain and you know get our listeners some like psychology into what goes into you know your thought process when you make a pick. What do you look for? Um, NHL wise, I know you mentioned a couple trends that you find in the NFL, but I think hockey's a lot more different than the NFL is. Yeah, hockey. There's, you know, for me, I've never been able to find any trends or any type of systems out there that work. They just don't. Uh, and a lot of things with like NFL, like if I were to look at NFL for systems and trends, it's easier to look at because it's a more heavily bet sport. 
hockey is not a heavily bet sport. Um, it's, you know, guys like us, we like it. It's getting bigger. Absolutely is. But it's still nowhere near the handle that you have in the other sports. So when I, the way I go about my hockey is I've got a, a, you know, somewhat of a statistical thing I put together here. And I got about six or seven stats, you know, on the offensive side, whether it's five on five power play. And then on the defensive side, five on five and penalty kill. And they kind of give me more of a, like a predictive of like who I think is going to win the game. And then I look for value in the line. So I may have like a prediction like that Florida is going to win this game tonight, which I do. But when I compare the number to like the actual percentage, there's no value in taking Florida tonight at all. So that's what I kind of look at. I kind of look at for areas where there's some value in the line. And uh, it's done very well for me this year. Uh, you know, as I said, my posted plays, I'm up about almost 30 units this year. Um, and that is because I try to sift through and not give all of my plays out that my, that I project on because there's just be too many games. But if I were to look at my body of work over the entire season for projecting games and the unit rate, I'm, I'm up over 80 units. So, um, this is working. It's worked last year. It's working again this year. Next year, I am going to put out every single play. So next year, everyone will be up 80 units. Uh, I just haven't done that because I just feel like it's kind of hard to tell someone to play five games on a Tuesday night. But yeah. we're going to do it next year. But those are the, that's kind of what I look at. I, I, I have, you know, I, I goaltenders, people ask me this all the time. I going to ask you that, yeah. Do I look at goaltenders? I'll look at a goaltender when I'm looking at totals. As far as for the actual money line of the game, very rarely, like if you're talking Calgary and you're talking Markstrom, uh, Tampa Bay, Vasilevsky, Rangers, Igor, I can't say his last name, um, <laughs> Nashville, Soros. Okay. So from those guys to their backup, is there a difference? Yes. But there's a lot of guys out there that the difference between the starter and the backup, it's, it's nominal. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, most of the year here in Boston, Swayman, Allmark. Has there been a difference? Not really. They've both played really well. Swayman has been playing very well lately, but Allmark, even when he's in, is playing really well. So would I look at that and say, hey, I don't want to take Boston tonight because Allmark's in the game? No, I wouldn't. And most of the time, it doesn't have much of a difference. But like I said, those couple of guys, Vasilevsky, Markstrom, yeah, if they're backups in, you may want to look twice at that. Are there any teams in particular this season that you kind of struck lightning with? I mean, I think for us, I could speak for myself. I went on a heater with the Rangers. I think I had like nine in a row betting the Rangers and Igor went on a tear. Do you have any of that? Oh, yeah, Ottawa. Really? I've hit a bunch, I've hit a bunch of the Ottawa. I've hit Ottawa a bunch of times this year, plus money. Earlier in the year, I hit Arizona three or four times at big plus money. Uh, so those are two teams off the top of my head that I think I've won a lot on. Teams that have uh, killed me, especially lately, St. Louis Blues. Familiar uh, with that. Destroyed yeah. me uh, lately. Uh, you know, the Rangers kind of went a little bit of a slump there. You know, I, I was playing some regulation games where I saw some value in the number and I've gotten smoked on them. So I'm staying away. Uh, but, but, but really the two teams that I, Ottawa definitely is a team I've done really well on this year. Yeah. We have a running list of teams that we've put on the shelf that we just won't touch anymore. I think LA Kings are one of the big ones for us. <laughs> yeah. just I haven't to been in too sometimes. many LA Kings games this year. I don't think uh, just to, so Philadelphia, uh, they've kind of burnt me a lot in the beginning of the year. I've stayed away from them. But I've, I, I think I remember cashing on them a couple of weeks ago. It was a nice dog. Dallas Stars have kind of bit me a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, you kind of re you remember the losses. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Your buddy, or Nick, you go, I'm sorry. When you're looking at underdogs, what are like some key things you're looking for? Uh, You know, in the NHL, especially when you, you know, we already talked about goaltending, we've got, you know, back to back. Sometimes you've got, you know, seven or eight day road trips. Are there any factors like that that really stick out when you're looking on taking an underdog? So with underdog, it's kind of like what we'll talk about Ottawa. I just feel like they're a live team. They play hard. They're a young team. Uh, Yeah, they're not in it and they haven't been in the playoff contention the whole year, but you know, they're playing hard and they're, all those guys are fighting for jobs in the NFL. They're NFL, the NHL. They're young guys. They're talented guys. Um, maybe not as talented as the other, but those guys are going out there giving you 100% effort every single night. And you see it when they go out there, even when they're losing. Eh, you know, they're, they're not getting their heads kicked in, which is one of the reasons why I like Ottawa a lot. I always look at them. And, and right now, since they made the move with Marty St. Louis, the Canadians are a live team right now. And they're going to be dogs every night, but they are busting their ass every night for Marty St. Louis. Um, you know, Cole Caulfield has been on fire since he came in there. You know, sometimes the coaching change really does spark. You know, it's maybe it's just a different voice, a different way to play the game. And there's no doubt whatever the heck the previous coach was doing in Montreal was not working this year. But all Marty has done come in. And I mean, I don't know what their record is since he's been here, but they've been good. Do you keep it pretty simple for the most part, like money line over puck lines, or do you dabble with like first period props and all that never, stuff? Never first period, never any props. I, I, I couldn't even like, I looked at the other day first period lines and I'm like, I can't even figure out what would my advantage be here. Now there are people that play those things and I'm sure there's a way that you could look into it and you could figure it out. I don't have any. I'm a money line guy or a total. I don't play puck lines uh, because I don't want to watch my team win 4-3 and me lose the game. <laughs> so I don't play, I don't play puck lines, uh, just straight money line or totals. Gotcha. Um, switching gears a little bit. You want to talk about your, uh, your program, the no hedge show. Yeah. So the no hedge, uh, you know, we do, uh, we, we, we do the no hedge sports show. We're doing it Sunday nights at nine 30 now. Uh, and then we, that's the one definite night of the week. And then we're going to kind of sprinkle them in over the course of the week. Uh, so, you know, we've had guests on in the past. We're going to look to bring guests on again. And, um, you know, we, we, we talk hockey on it. We talk all sports. We talk a lot of different things on it, actually. Uh, but it's with Elio uh, and myself, and, and Patrick is our producer behind the scenes. He joins us sometimes. Uh, we're going to be doing um, – we are about to, and I don't know exactly when this is going to start, but we're going to – we originally started during pandemic. We started this with the horses. That was the only thing going on. Uh, we do a Saratoga Daily Double show. And uh, we are about to start another horse segment. I don't know the specifics of it yet. I don't know if I could say about it yet, talk about it yet. But uh, we're going to have a little something going on. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about it. But, uh, you know, the sports part of it, you know, we, 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 we did football the whole season. We brought a guy in who gave out uh, props, who was incredibly good at that, football props. I'm not, I, again, another thing I can't figure it out. But he gave out a bunch of winners this year, so uh, we're you know we cover everything on that show. Your buddy Elio, he's taking the internet by storm, isn't he? He's uh, he, he's gotten real big this year. Yeah, he has. Uh, you know, the ripping the shirt thing has really worked <laughs> for him. Uh, you know, I've known Elio since I was uh, eight or nine years old, so we've known each other close to forty years now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's actually, you know, he was a really good athlete. Is Good football player, good baseball player. Never played hockey in his life, but it's the sport he loves the most. Um, he's a very calm, even keel type of guy. Doesn't get fired up. Or, but these these bets, uh, when it comes to betting, he loses his mind. 
and so, uh, yeah, the rip in the shirt thing has worked for him. He's really taken off with it. And, uh, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, he really is. It's uh, it's definitely something to tune into on a nightly basis. But uh, yeah. I do want to ask you, do you have uh, Wednesday's NHL board in front of you? Is there anything that pops out to you? Just out of curiosity, same I day can. that this Wait, drops. Hold on. Give, me, give me one second and I can get it. No, you're all good. No problem at all. Yeah. How'd you guys come up with the name Empty Betters? It's actually a uh, play on uh, the word empty netter. Big puck line guys. I know that's not your speed, but the oh, empty you're a net. big puck line guys. Okay. Yeah, we live and die by the empty net, unfortunately. Well, that's so, how you uh, guys started out. Well, you know what? Right? That, that's yeah. you live in. You know the totals game. You, you end up, you know, the empty net. You, you especially if you're over. You want a three-three tie. True. Yeah, like that. For. That Matthews goal, the empty net the other night with the um, point four or whatever. Yeah, that was a lot of people were uh, screaming about that one. Yeah, I know. There's been a couple of those this week where last. Second. So tomorrow night we got Winnipeg Buffalo. So there you go. Buffalo at home plus 140. They've been playing really well. Not a big fan of that Winnipeg team. And and and, and Connor Hollenbuck, who played at Lowell, who's had really good career, but he hasn't had the best year. Rangers Detroit tomorrow night in Detroit. Can you, I mean, can you anyone think about what's going to happen in that game? I mean, Detroit just gave up 11 goals. The other well, <laughs> the Rangers are playing tonight against Pittsburgh, so I guess maybe we'll see what happens there. Oh, that's yeah. true. So Second half of back-to-back, a... back. they might be kind of tired. Oh, your I... team, the L- L.A. Kings, is playing the Oilers tomorrow night. Oilers, double money. There's two teams on my shelf. Never again. <laughs> I can't, Edmonton, I can't Edmonton's been a real up-and-down team. They started out incredible. They were had that really tough stretch. They're playing better now. Total six and a half. Yeah. A lot of late games tomorrow night. Uh, there's probably some games that are not that we don't have lines on yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sharks, uh, Coyotes. Ugh, no. Well, I, I don't really like anything to be honest. I'm looking yeah. at it. Blues and... and the Canucks. I'd like the Canucks in that game. Vancouver's been playing well. St. Louis finally won a game again the other night. Vancouver's a small favorite, minus one fifteen. You're going to have Thatcher Demko in the net. Uh, I don't think either Blues goalie's playing all that great. Huso was Huso was decent the other night, but like you said, I mean, as of late, they've both been a, a yeah. shit show. Yeah, I, I, Wednesday's board's tough, but yeah, and then Vegas, Seattle. So I had Seattle last night plus one seventy. They destroyed the Kings. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean Vegas. What the hell happened to them? They make the trade for Eichel in their worst. They're now the Buffalo Sabers. So <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one either, but I probably won't touch it. But yeah. Kraken plus 140. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, just looking at this quickly, Vancouver to me looks like something I would have. Yeah. Oh, I agree a minus. With that. I'm sorry. I thought they were plus, but oh, minus 115 still. That's not a bad price. Especially Basically. even. Yeah. yeah. That's that's something I would put. And for your puck line, Vancouver's minus one and a half plus 200. So, you see, that's that's the kind of stuff I like. I, I love when we get those empty nets and you double the money. That's that's you get my your thing. double money. But Thatcher Demko's been really good out there, too. He has. So, yeah. uh, final question for me at least you got any futures bets or is that not your speed either? So, I do have a couple. You know, I, I've got um, oh, let me look. I've got um, I took Carolina in the beginning of the year to win the cup. Yeah, and there's obviously there's nothing wrong with that bet right now. The way they dismantled Washington last night, because they were on a little bit of a stretch there, too, where they were kind of sucking wind. They've had two good wins in a row, but they dismantled that Washington team that's been playing really well. I watched that whole game last night. That was 
disgusting. I, I did not. To, I was happy to miss that one. I was at work and uh, I had Washington. Yeah. I had Washington. That's why I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, this was a bad call. Um, <laughs> I took Carolina plus 900 at the beginning of the year. Um, I also took them to win the East at plus 450. I feel like I have uh, something else. And I also took I, I, I took Florida as well because I, I saw that earlier. Yeah. I got them around plus 1100 at one point. I just thought that's just too high uh, for those two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Western Conference, there was about a month ago where they were showing some – I was watching NHL Network, and they were showing all the odds to win the, to win the Cup out of the West. And I looked at it. I said, how in the world – and I'm glad I didn't do it. But how in the world was St. Louis a month ago plus 2,500 to win the Cup? To me, that was an easy sprinkle 100 on. I'm glad I didn't do it because they suck now. And I looked – I don't – they might not even make the playoffs, right? Are they in trouble? They're, they're in trouble. They're getting they're, there. Yeah. yeah. Right? They're in trouble. So yeah, um, those are the teams I took. I think Calgary's got a real shot out there in the West. Colorado, I think, is the best team. But Cal- Colorado seems to, I don't know, find a way to lose in these games. Yeah. Calgary's a tough team, especially with a really good goalie. I think, for me, Colorado, that's the one area that could um, hurt them a little bit. I'm not so sure how strong a net they are. Mm-hmm. Whereas Calgary's got Markstrom. I like that team out West. And I think... You know, Florida, Carolina, I took them. But honest, to my opinion, is who's who's going to take down Tampa Bay in a seven-game series? you got to beat Vasilevsky four times in a series. It's tough. I mean, Very right tough. now, there's no team in the NHL hotter than the Bruins right now. And I've been some – as a Bruins fan, I've said all year they're playoff contenders, but they're not Stanley Cup contenders. The way they've played, they've played themselves into being a contender. They really are. But can they get through Tampa in a seven-game series? To me, that's a terrifying ask to get yeah. through Tampa Bay. But then if you somehow find a way, you've got to figure out a way to get through Carolina or Florida. The East is an absolute bomb. Yeah. Whoever comes out of there uh, should be the best team, but they could be – they whoever comes out of there could be so beat up from those series mm-hmm. that the West might take them. We were talking about uh, right before you hopped on how we think one of the only ways maybe Tampa goes down is if they somehow drop like the first two games of the series because uh, that's a tired team, right? I mean, it's it's so hard to go back to back. It's yep. extremely yes. hard to go treat uh, three-peat. So, you know, maybe maybe Boston jumps out to a two-game lead or something and they can, they can scrounge it out, but so it's, it's definitely going to be tough. Yeah, it's definitely tough to repeat because look how long the NHL playoff season. Yeah. So, and last year was a little bit later because of the late start with COVID. So that went to almost July or did it go into July? Last year? I think it, it went into July and even this year's remember. a little pushback. So they had what a month off month and a half, and then they're back in camp again. So you're mm-hmm. right. Those, there could be some tired legs there. Um, you know, maybe not on that first series, but if you have to maybe get them in the second or the Eastern Conference, or especially if whoever gets them in the first round can take them to seven, even if they don't win, seven. but yeah, yeah it, 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 you could tire some of those guys out. There's, There's a stat out there that's like, I'm, this might this may have changed in the last couple of years, but as of a few years ago, there was like zero teams that had gone seven games in the first round and won the cup. It just doesn't happen. Really? You go the seven the games Bruins in the went first at, round. They did seven games, four games, seven, seven. Yeah, you're saying the last several years. So yeah, was, last decade or so, there's been a few, but before that, I, mean, I think total maybe there's five teams that have done it or something like that. But yeah, that's I believe it. I mean, history. the NHL playoffs. If you win a cup, you deserve recognition because that is absolutely the hardest. The hardest trophy to win is the Stanley Cup, no doubt about it. The 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 82 game season 
it's a that, that is a violent sport out there. And then you got to go and play in a playoff series where it's even tighter and you get the shit kicked out of you and you got to somehow find a way to win 16 games, the hardest trophy to win. That's why yeah. you, you know, your name goes on it and it's a pretty cool trophy. So it should be the truth. Damn right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm good on my end. You, you fellas got any other questions? You talked about some teams from the West. What are your thoughts on Minnesota after they bulked up at the deadline? They got a lot nastier and they got a A plus goaltender. So it's funny, they got a goaltending had kind of been an issue with them. You know, Talbert hadn't been playing all that great. And uh, the other guy, his name was like Kaku. I, I can't say his Kaku, name. Yeah. The goalie names. Neither one of <laughs> them are good. playing. None of them are playing. Either one playing that great. They go and get Flurry, and Talbot has been standing on his head since they got him. But yeah, I expect Flurry to be the guy. Um, they're playing a hell of a lot better. Um, you know, I watched them. I don't get to see them a ton out here. You know, I watched them. Uh, you know, it was disappointing when they had that outdoor game out there at Minnesota. They really didn't. They didn't play well at all. But uh, I think they're going to be a tough team. It's it's tough out there in the West. But I think the playoffs is tough everywhere right now. There's, mm. there's so much tight. Is they're all so tight. You look in the East. The standings are going to change every single night. You can't even like figure out who anyone's going to play right now. But I think the Wild will be in. I think Bill Guerin did a good job, and uh, they're going to give they're going to give whoever they play a tough series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the West, the, it, the, I think the playoffs would be a, a hell of a lot of fun to watch this year. Definitely. It's nice to have hockey back. It's nice that all the rinks will be fill, full again like they were last year for the playoffs. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, I look forward to it. Now, I probably yeah, won't we're... be betting individual, a lot of individual games in the playoffs. Playoffs is tough. That's yeah. a different animal. So totally. the, the, there's, there's something I've done every single year, and it is profitable. And if you take in the first, the first two series and the you, you, you play the road games, the road teams in the first two games. Um, okay. They're usually dogs. So you're in the first series, you, you, you know, that first night, you got the eight games going on. You take the eight dogs, whichever ones win, you drop out of it. It's not supposed to be done as a chase. And then the second game, if the, if the, if the road team won, the road team lost and you play the same thing, the second game, try to get your money back. And they're yeah. always plus money. So it's done well since we talked about trends at the beginning. Uh, that is a trend that has won something like 18 of the last 19 years. There you <laughs> go. It's a lot of experience. Yeah. Well, you know, doing this for a while. Like I said, I've been doing it for a while. A lot of losses, but uh, definitely nah. sharpened up over the years. Hey, you know, I think people respect the fact when you're transparent about it and you can be honest, right? Um, that's, yeah. That's I, half the battle. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I always, uh, you know, I, I, I try to tweet out every night whether I win or lose. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's in the morning because, you know, if I got one of those 1030 games in the East Coast, I'm not staying up till one o'clock. I like to wake up in the morning and see that I won. I think it's more <laughs> fun. Like this morning I got up and I asked Alexa, what was the final score of the Seattle game? And when she said, she's not going to talk. When she said 6-1, I was like, yeah, all right. So that's more fun, I think, than staying up all night watching it. Yeah. If it was a 6-1 game, I would have figured, ah, oh, this is over. This is more fun. Yeah, no, yeah, I, very I, true. I hear that. If you can sleep through the the nerves of not knowing, yeah, I used to not be able to do it. It comes with older age, I guess, and more calmness, I guess. But it's Turk. Just, I'm dying over here. I can't bet the West Coast game strictly to get sleep. It's horrible. I, I, I know. I, I I used to be the same exact way. I'd sit there. I'd lay in bed. I'd have the phone. I'd have to turn it back on. No, not anymore. Phones downstairs. Just wake up in the morning. See what happened. I'm gonna have to give that a try. <laughs> you can try it. See if it works. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Seriously, thank you. No problem, guys. Love to have you on again sometime, especially come playoff time. That'd be fun. Yeah, we could do it again come playoff time, and uh, I'll be in touch, and uh, we'll figure something out. 
Sounds, Sounds great, good. man. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot. It was fun. All right, guys. Good luck tonight and good luck the rest of the season. All right. See you. Big thanks to Turk for uh, hopping on with us, chatting, just uh, betting and stuff. And I thought that was a fantastic interview. That guy's awesome. And uh, I definitely learned a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like I said earlier, I feel like I have slightly new outlook on things. I love hearing about his philosophy on underdog bets. I mean, who doesn't want to root for an underdog, right? It's fun enough to try and root for an underdog in a game, but to actually take them and possibly win big money on it, that's even more fun. So I thought the I thought the goalie segment was actually pretty interesting, just not really giving a shit about starting goalies when it comes to straight up money lines. If you're talking over unders or totals, you know, maybe you put a little more emphasis on it there, but Thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, we're going to get on to the league injuries here just so we can wrap things up before we get to the gambling segment. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is being evaluated back in Colorado. He will not play last night when you're listening to this against the Calgary Flames. He got injured in his fight with Matt Dumba of Minnesota the other night when he clocked Rantanen, basically. So um, that's obviously not good for the abs. The abs are also going to be without defenseman Ryan Murray as he has an arm fracture and will miss seven weeks. Uh, Jonas Corposalo will miss the next six months due to a hip injury for Columbus. So obviously he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, St. Louis Tory Krug is week to week with a hand slash wrist injury. They definitely need to get him back ASAP. They're in the midst of a really competitive um, central division race right now. Uh, the Ducks, Jakob Silverberg will be week to week with a blood clot in his right leg. That does not sound fun. Best wishes to him. Uh, and then in terms of suspensions, only two sussies so far in the month of March. Uh, Nino Niederreiter got one game for slashing. Who is AJF? Actually, Yonson Fialbi, baby. Oh, my bad. How could I have missed that? Uh, and then Austin Matthews got two games for cross-checking Darlene in that outdoor game. We all know about that. So with that being said, let's move on to the gambling segment. But before we do, I know Mac has a word from our sponsor, Sharprink. As always, just want to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sports rating, rating system, rankings, ranking bettors from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. Boy, that was one kind of rough. I, I don't know what's going on with me today. I've yet to stumble that badly on the ad reads, but uh, it's okay. Um, I feel like it's all good. Like, it's all know, good. I can't read right now anyways. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's get into the important stuff. Why is everybody here to hear some of the uh, trends and gambling picks we got? So uh, let's get into it. You want me to lead off? Sure. Yeah. We, uh, we got two major hot teams this week that I was kind of looking at, but yeah, sure. Feel, feel free to add anything. Um, so the Boston Bruins, we talked about it with Turk, but they're red hot right now and they're heating up at just the right time, which is a little bit scary if you're not a Boston fan, hence all three of us here. Um, they have won four games in a row. They have played 12 games in the month of March. And during those 12 games, they have gone nine, two and one. And two of those uh, three losses were one goal games. So we'll get yeah. to that a little bit more when we get to some of the trends, but uh Key trend there, Boston does not get puck lined very often. So something to pay attention to. We'll talk about in a little bit. And DeBrusque is playing lights out too. I know we talked about him getting extended, but still wanting to trade. He's been playing really well for Boston lately. So, Which uh, honestly, hats off to the guy. You, you got to love, I mean, whatever's going on, if he, he just doesn't like the city or just doesn't feel like it's the right fit for him, 
that's all fine, but you got to respect a guy that's not going to let that like affect the way he's playing. He's still going to play his best game that he possibly can. So, um, I mean, clearly the Bruins probably don't want to let him go, but we'll see what ends up happening with that maybe in the offseason. Yeah, it just shows up and gives it is all every night. Uh, my question with this team, and I know we talked about this a little bit before, is, you know, down the road, playoff stretch is coming up. You know, playoffs are coming up. The Atlantic teams are just so high powered right now. And my question with them is what are Swayman and Allmark going to be able to do against them? Well, we talk about, uh, I think we've talked about this on the show before, maybe more last year when we were getting to the playoffs, but it it's pretty uncommon for a team to have a goalie tandem and to make it deep into the playoffs. It, it doesn't usually work when you get into the playoffs and you don't have a clear-cut starter, um, which you could argue that Swayman has maybe established himself as the clear-cut starter at this point, but even still... The whole year they've shared time. They don't really have a number one goalie. And I don't know, you would think at first glance that that's a positive because you're like, oh, either one of them can jump in and like be good. But it just doesn't usually translate to playoff hockey to not have a guy that's like your go-to number one shut shutdown goalie. It's also really disruptive for the player. Exactly. It's disruptive to the player. It's disruptive to the locker room too to not like, I mean, you got to think everybody in the locker room even though they'll they'll never admit it in an interview or even to their comrades, probably they all probably have in their head who they're more confident with in goal. And that plays a, like that plays a role too. Like let's say I'm freaking Lars Eller on the caps. And like, I have never told anybody this, but I just, I feel more confident when Vanacek's in the net. Right. Sammy can't and hit then me Sammy with a starts, pass. Yeah, Sammy starts, and then it's like, well, shit, deep in the back of my mind, I know there might be a question mark back there tonight. Like, I don't know. There's just stuff like that that you don't think about all the time that can kind of play into things. So that might be one of the reasons why you really need a starting goalie. That's probably the one thing that I could see this Boston team maybe having as a weakness come uh, April or I guess more like May this year. How do you feel about that defense core? I love it. And to answer the original question, I mean, they did just beat the Lightning last week on Thursday. Very too. true. Swayman's looked very good as of late. I would say that I wouldn't say there's much of a debate at this point in time. I think Swayman, short of him collapsing the last month, is definitely the number one. Got to um, go with the hot hand. And f- funny enough, we ripped the Leafs and we praised Tampa, but the Leafs are pounding the Bruins 3 1 through the first period as we're recording this. So um, it's an interesting time. Not to change subjects, but I do want to point out that Tampa has hit the under nine straight games as we're recording this podcast. They can't score, fellas. They can't score more than three goals. It's a huge problem right now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, as much as we want to talk about, you know, maybe question marks with the Bruins in that or the Leafs in that, at least their offense is firing. I'm starting to get a little worried about Tampa. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. Um, Moving on to the wild, I do want to talk about this team. They have won six games in a row. This includes a big three to two overtime win against Colorado the other night where the wild tied the game with under six minutes to play. I actually cashed in on a nice wild live bet on this one uh, when they were trailing. Uh, They have played 15 games this month. They are 10, four and one. And two of those five losses came on the second halves of back to back. So this is a team that's winning most of the games that they're supposed to win. It's really just those uh, specific circumstances where the team's maybe a little burnt out. Uh, But this is a really hot team. We talked about with Turk that, you know, they get flurry, but 
Talbot's first game after hearing that Flurry was coming to the team, I believe was a shutout. So he's he's proven that he can be a solid uh, number two or maybe that he can share time with Flurry going down the stretch here. This is a dangerous team. Definitely one that you're going to want to keep your eye on for betting on throughout the last month of the season because they're still jockeying for position too. Yeah, I echo everything that you just said. And I would also say that with Flower and Net, maybe Talbot stepping up his game, uh, their puck lines are going to be maybe a little more frequent than they have been previously. Yeah, we'll get to that one too with the trends. Now let's talk about some teams that are just terrible right now. The Anaheim Ducks. This actually blew my mind when I was reading just how bad they are right now. I didn't realize, but they're on a nine-game losing streak right now. They've lost nine games in a row. They have only won three of their last 15 games, and their last four games in a row, they've been puck-lined, so they've lost by at least two goals four games in a row now. What the hell happened to the Anaheim Ducks, boys? Just maybe two, three weeks ago, we were talking about how they were right in it. They were pushing for a playoff spot. Nobody thought they'd be any good this year at all, and I guess that's all just caught up with them because they're not any good anymore, so... Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking about this. It feels like almost like a month ago where we were saying like the Kings are done and the Ducks are going to go on a run. And now yeah, and it's I was a complete 180 division. And here we are. You're right. Yeah. It's a total 180. So I don't know. I mean, I I'm L.A. guys, I think is going to be right back there in like two or three years. I think they're doing a lot of good things. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting with the Ducks. If you look at some of their recent games, one of the biggest problems you can see is that they can't really keep the puck out of the net in one, two, three, four, five, six. Six straight games, they've allowed three or more goals, uh, most of which is actually four goals scored on them. You don't want to blame Gibson, but I know that blue line, it's pretty young, um, and they just got rid of Lindholm, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the name? Yeah, Lindholm. Yeah, that's a big loss for them. It's a big loss. And, you know, you're relying on, you know, Drysdale and guys like that to eat up a ton of minutes. They're still learning. I I think the Ducks have a lot of promise, but they've got some yeah. youngsters coming up on that blue line, too. Like I mean, uh, Josh Mahura is one to watch for sure. Yeah. Back to the Kings for a quick second. Arthur Kaliev, you're right. Like in the next like two years, that guy is going to be I think he's going to be one of the top. They get the skating league. down. That guy could be like a better version of Patty Line. Mm hmm which is scary to think about. Yeah. team. Uh, Arizona Coyotes. We were just talking about them like two, maybe two episodes ago, how they were actually on kind of a hot streak while they're right back (laughs) to the uh, shitter because they have lost six games in a row. They have been puck lined in five of those six losses and they've lost seven of their last 10. So um, back to betting on their opponents, you're not going to get very good value, but they just are not winning hockey games right now. So. Yeah, uh, the the poor stay poor in this scenario, I would say. So um, from bad to worse, now we're going to move on to player trends. Uh, Mac, feel free to jump in if I miss anything. But Leon Dreisaitl, man, is he hot right now. He's got a four-game goal-scoring streak. And in those four games, he has seven goals and two assists. He has 17 points in his last nine games. Uh, he's clicking. He's second in the league in scoring right now behind his teammate, Connor McDavid. I think Leon's got 94 points and he's tied for the league lead in goals for the Maurice Richard with Austin Matthews. That's right. And those 17, uh, points during the nine last nine games puts him on a nine, nine game point streak, obviously, which is definitely something to pay attention to for player props. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, we got Mitch Marner. 
has an NHL best 53 points since January 15th. Those 53 points are divvied up over 21 goals and 32 assists. I know Mitch has caught a lot of shit. Man has caught fire, though. What the hell? I know Nick has been pretty vocal as of recent about Toronto maybe unfairly blaming him a lot, but we've said it for the past maybe three or four weeks. He's he's getting his money's worth. I mean, he you can look at that guy and say, okay, he's playing up to his contract. He's carrying the, his, his end of the bargain. I'm happy he definitely for the guy. Is. He, like you said, he takes way too much shit, especially in a very media centric um, hockey market, right? I mean, maybe arguably the most, despite maybe Montreal. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to be happy for the guy. He's had a hell of a second half of the year. Good for him. Uh, David Perron, he has 14 goals in his last 13 games. Bet you didn't know that one was coming. Uh, his 14 goals since February 27th are the most in the NHL. Wow. Fantasy hockey, baby. And guess yeah, what? Yeah, he's a good fantasy player. The next guy you're about to talk about is on my team too. Nick, you are going down in this freaking <laughs> playoff series. Buddy, we, we you got know clean. who I have on my back end, right? Oh, I know. I know all about your team. I've been studying up. Don't worry. This playoff push for the fantasy hockey league is insane right now. I'll give it, I'll give an update on it in a few minutes. Let's get yeah. through the players here. We got Quinn Hughes. He's got 19 points in his last 18 games. And then the next to in my opinion, I think he should probably win the Norris at this rate because he's doing give it to him right now. It's stupid over. video game shit as we're speaking. Roman Yossi, he has 28 points in the month of March. I tweeted this out and then I deleted it and I will eat shit. I said that it was the most that a defenseman's ever recorded in the month of March. That is wrong. Came out two hours later, two hours later, that <laughs> two defensemen have also scored more points than him in NHL history. Those two would be Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey. They both had 29, or I'm sorry, Bobby Orr had 31 points in the month of March in 1971, and Paul Coffey had 29 points in December of 1985. Nashville plays the Ottawa Senators last night. When you're listening to this, curious to see how he does. Heart trophy. Glad that we got our SpongeBob Ooh. reference checked. Off. Honestly, Nick, no, I don't. Yeah, he, he needs to be in the conversation. I don't hate that. I, I really don't. He's easily the best player on the team. He's and putting like, up video game numbers. Think about what does heart trophy mean? Everyone, exactly. everyone thinks it's the best player. It's not. It's There's an award valuable. for that. It's yeah, the most yeah. valuable player, which yeah. you can make the argument for Igor and you can make a, I would say maybe even a slightly bigger argument for Yossi for what he's meant for that. Yeah, team. I love that actually put this in a clip. I love that. Let's go viral. Check, um, please. <laughs> uh, Mac, I'm going to throw it off to you for the trends and oddball stats. Yeah. So these are just some kind of random things. You might hear these stats and think, okay, good. How does that help me in terms of gambling? But all of these stats have a way of being translated into something you could maybe consider putting, uh, putting a couple bucks on. So uh, start with the wild. They've scored three or more goals in 15 of their last 20 games. So that's something you can look at uh, team totals on. If your book has it, most of them do. Uh, and usually I would say the wild are going to be probably like you could take them over two and a half, maybe over three and a half. Uh, and yeah, you might want to take them to score three or more goals because they've done so in 15 of the last 20 moving on still with the wild though, they have covered plus one and a half in 15 of their last 22 and get this 25 of their last 33 games. That is that one blew my mind when I found that today. 
just for those non-gambling nerds out there, plus one and a half means that the Wild have either won the game or lost by only one goal in 25 of their last 33 games. That's like almost half of the entire season. That's that's really darn good. Like that means if you took the Wild plus one and a half in like every game this year, you'd probably be doing pretty darn well for yourself. So that's definitely one to pay attention to. Especially yeah. if they go down in a game like early or something like that. That's a bonkers stat. Yeah, and you maybe want to live bet them to cover plus one and a half. You get it at a way better value than you would before the game started. So keep your eye on that one. Moving back to the Boston Bruins, uh, another team that's been covering plus one and a half a lot. They've done so in 18 of their last 20. That one's another pretty bonkers stat. They're winning games or the ones they're losing, they're right in them, basically is what that means. Uh, they've also scored three or more goals in 14 of their last 20 games. So another one to think about for team totals, Boston Bruins to score at least three goals. Most nights it's going to hit Nashville predators over Harry. This is one you've been huge on recently. Um, it's hitting eight of their last nine sorrows playing average has something to do with it, but Yossi also certainly having something to do with it. We just talked about how good he's been on D not only keeping the puck out of his own net and helping out sorrows, but does he like lead his team in points? Like he has to, right? I would think so. I mean, yeah. he, but although Forsberg and Duchesne are both having pretty good years too, but I, I would think that Yossi's got to be above them. Yossi's like seventh in the NHL in points. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. unreal. Yeah, Forsberg I think has like 65, but Yossi's up almost at what? Did Max Cl- just he's got to be close to like 100 or something at this he's point. He's in the 80s. I think he's low 80s right now. When I say close to 100, I mean he's like on pace for 100 probably. Like He's on year. pace for like 102 or something like that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Canucks forward core. This was a really weird one. Uh, the Canucks forwards have scored 169 of the team's 189 goals this year. That's the fourth highest percentage of team goals scored by forwards this season. I mean, that's actually insane. Only 20 goals total of the Canucks goals all year long have been scored by the, or have been scored by defense. Um, That's one where I guess if you're looking at, this is a tough one to translate, but there is something you could take away from it. If you're looking at live bets, player props, anything like that for the Canucks, pick a forward. You have, exponentially better chance of hitting that bet if you pick a forward to score a goal because their D just aren't doing it. So, And then player props, most points in the last 30 games of their respected teams. Mitch Marner has 53 points in the Leafs' last 30 games. Johnny Hockey has 47 points in the Flames' last 30 games. Also with the Flames, Matthew Kachuk has same thing as Johnny Hockey, 47 points in his team's last 30 Roman Yossi also 47. That's a magic number for those three, I guess, in the last 30 games. And Patty Kane, still hot, 46 points in the Blackhawks last Dude is like games. somehow still a point-producing machine. For real. So yeah. if you're if you're gonna take a point prop on anybody right now, Marner, Goudreau, Kachuk, Yossi, Kane, it's gonna hit a lot of the time, especially even if it's over one and a half. These guys are like pushing more than a point a game most nights. So Something Absolutely. Uh, and then one last one here. This is another super random one, but just something I found interesting. 
The Leafs have scored on their opening shot six times this season. That seems pretty high. <laughs> that um, That's an oddball stat. And I love the word oddball because when I hear the word oddball, I think of you, not because you are an oddball, but because <laughs> you love the word oddball. Yeah, well, this is another one that you hear that and you're like, okay, great. What does that do for me for gambling? I don't know if other people have this, but something that we have on our book is you can like pick when the first goal is going to be scored in a game. And it's like first five minutes, next five minutes, whatever. This is definitely one of those you don't want to be playing with all the time. But if you, if you're up money on the week and you want to, you know, throw something fun on the book for the night, why not take it for the Leafs for that first goal to be scored in the first five minutes? It happens pretty frequently for them. First shot of the game means it's almost definitely going to be in the first five minutes, uh, six times all year. That's pretty wild. So. Mac, great job on finding some of these uh, great oddball, stat. yeah, like diamond in the rough type stuff. Really love that. It's always fun looking at some player props and stuff like that. So Exactly. I am just hoping Minnesota pulls it off for you tonight. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, so. we'll see. Hey, also, just once again, big shout out to Turk. Uh, appreciate the Twitter uh, shout out here recently. So um, thanks again for joining the program. If you're new here, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We publish our episodes on all of that. We tweet out our picks every day uh, that we make any. Obviously, we won't tweet out if we don't have any action. And go download the app SharpRank. I know you heard the ad read earlier, but um, that's where we post all of our picks. That's our sponsor. They have a great uh, platform. Go download off the mobile app store and you can log all of your picks on there. It'll automatically track for you. And you can work your way up the leaderboards with some of the big boys. We're coming so, after you, USA Today. One last thing I'm going to add here. Quick, uh, quick fantasy update for me and Nick's Hockey League and anybody else that is in this one. As we mentioned before, this is heating up pretty darn quickly. So here is our current projected playoff bracket. There's going to be four playoff teams. Um Number one seed is almost definitely going to be Sir, Nic- Sir Nicholas Manella. Uh, he's actually tied with uh, his girlfriend, Ari. But the way that the standings work out, I believe he has the head-to-head tiebreaker with that one. Which, like, I don't know how that works because when we played each other, also we tied. literally tied. But, like, but haven't you played each other twice? You should I think have, so. Should have by maybe. Now. So you yeah. must have won the other one. I guess so. Um, Unless we're going and, off, like, total points or something. Well, the other way that the that the seeding works is that it's number one seed overall is one of the division winners. Number two seed is the other division winner. And you and, you and Ari are in the same division. So if this stands, you're going to be the number one seed. Curtin would be the number two seed because Matt Curtin is leading the other division. And then number three seed would be Ari. And then number four Four seed seed would would be you. But here's the, here's the kicker Curtin in his division. He's not out of the woods yet because he's not, he's 14 and eight. And we've got Jacob Morrison. He was 13 and nine right behind him. And I believe this week Curtin is also playing Ari. So there's a high chance he could lose that matchup. Jacob is playing Steven. Who's also, I think technically still has a chance of getting that same somehow. Spot. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah. they play each other, right? They're playing each other. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a whole mess right now. There's still like six of us that could be in the playoff or seven, right. I guess, technically, but 
Yeah, it's a mess. I'm excited to uh, get down to it. This is the last regular season matchup of the season, but uh, you're the reigning champ, right? You won last year? Yeah, I knocked off Curtin last year. That was a good one, too. It was neck and neck until like mm-hmm. two days to go. I, I will say I'm really happy with what I did at the deadline. I looked on the uh, waiver board. Didn't seem like anybody else really made any move. A couple of drops and, and pickups, but not a lot of trades. I was active. I made a big deal with Steven. Also made a big deal with my sister Cass. Beefed up, got four goalies instead of three, so I could uh, feel a little more confident down there. Also got John Carlson, so I could beef up on the back end a little bit. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to try and uh, make a run for this thing. I want the money. So, yeah, I'd also like to say shout out to Ari. Like, I do not touch her lineup. She does her own. She sets it every single time. Does her own ad drops. I mean, this is what happened with my sister last year. I was like nowhere near as good as she was and she same thing i didn't help her like at all last year and she was i think number two seed overall yeah, last she year kicked and, my ass yeah good stuff all right fellas any final notes before we wrap up here I no i think that's, that's it. it we'll let nick go to bed and uh <laughs> oh speak of the devil there you go. We'll feel better, Nick. We're rooting for you next week. So thanks, boys. Yeah, I'll I'll attempt root? to bring maybe two silo beers next week to make up for it. <laughs> hey, one last thing. Next week, Wednesday. Oh boy, what's the date? Let's see. Wednesday, the drum roll, please. Wednesday, April sixth. If you're in the DC area, I will be at the Capitals Lightning game. So come say hi for there. I would also like to say in three weeks, the weekend of April. T- 23rd i believe we will be recording live all of us including our intern jackson gross uh in milwaukee super excited for that if you're in the mke area friends with mac friends of the program whatever hit us uh, up we'll be be out and about hit us up we'll come hang especially that friday night um yeah meet us at the bars we'll see that i think we're going to be back on the pedialyte for the coffee bucket (laughs) yeah meet us at the bars we won't see you but you'll see us (laughs) All right, everybody. Appreciate you all listening. Thank you for the love and support as always. And without further ado, class dismissed.